Hello, just a quick bit before this week's episode to let you know that we have a Patreon you can subscribe to if you like what we're doing here and you want more of it. You probably already knew that. We don't stop going on about it. What you didn't know is that you can currently get a little free trial so you know exactly what you'd get as part of your subscription. You can head to patreon.com slash whatismusicpod or follow the link in the show notes to get your first seven days free. All you need to do is pick which tier you'd like a free trial of. The Biggest Mates tier is the one that has all the extras in it. And then for seven days, you are free to listen to any episode we've released in the last six months. You can cancel any time or just leave the subscription rolling if you like what you find. It's charged monthly. And during any month, as part of that Biggest Mates tier, you'll get ad-free episodes of this show every Monday. You'll get a brand new episode of our new Manic Street Preacher show every month. Two episodes every month of The Ultimate Playlist, our themed playlist show, where we talk about all kinds of different music, different artists, different genres, different eras, and one or two bonus episodes every month, depending on the length of the month. That's two episodes every week. There's also other tiers to trial. One that is just the Manic Show and ad-free What Is Music episodes, and another that is just ad-free What Is Music episodes. But hey, if the first seven days are free, why not try a bit of everything? Plus, all tiers include access to the exclusive subscriber-only Discord where we discuss the shows, the bands we've covered, various music topics, and loads of other stuff, including some games that the friendly community have devised themselves. So head on over to our Patreon page now to claim your free seven-day trial. Go to patreon.com slash whatismusicpod or follow the link in our show notes. See you there. Have you seen the trailer for Venom 2? Let There Be Carnage. Uh, I have. Uh, looks uh, shit. It's the same uh, as the first one. As did the first one, and yet that film but was guys, this time, weirdly compelling. This time a there's a red Venom. Way. He so, is. The thing is, red is mean. Come yeah, on. he's he's an even badder Venom. Like they had in the first one, actually. So, hold on. Oh, oh wait, hold on. Oh. Hmm. I'm looking forward to going to the cinema again. Now, I'll probably go see it at the cinema because yeah. I can go to the cinema. Same. I've booked my first cinema trip. What are you going to see? I'm, I'm, it's happening. I'm going to see Mortal Kombat, obviously. Oh, Jesus it's, it's fucking great. Have you seen it? Yeah. Oh, that means you've watched it criminally. So, uh, yeah. Nino, Nino, Nino. Boy! Lucas, go see Nomadland instead. It's so good. Um, Adam, no. why don't you go fuck yourself? Okay. Go see... Go see Scorpion and yeah, Sub-Zero I'm, fight. I'm going to go and see Scorpion and Sub-Zero fight. Thank you very much. I watched Nomadland yeah. on uh, Disney Plus the other day. Uh, and I'm going to go and see it again in the cinema because it's so good. And it, it needs that sort of big screen sort of uh, experience. <gasps> I'm just going to go and see lots of shit. I mean, I might go see Nomadland because I'm just going to go. And, like my, my Cineworld like, pass will start back up again. So I'll go to the cinema to like to use it. That is the and only I'll place just... you can use it, yeah. No, that's not true, because you can use it to get discounts at many restaurants and bars. So actually, that was a fucking lie. Name them. Uh, this we get uh, sponsored by the Cineworld I card. I don't remember. And I don't remember where, and, also, and also, they've just made the Cineworld card a little bit worse, because you can no longer use it in any location. I'm limited to a certain tier of cinema now. Yeah, but it's isn't that just... That, that was always the case. No, 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 they made it stricter. Oh, well, it's, it's, it's not it just central just, London. Before it was just everywhere except London. Yeah, because I had to pay now for there's like, now there's like Now there's like tier one, two, three. Wow. 
and and so like you can't go to the next one up that's pathetic so, in, so because i live in the, in because i live in the suburbs i can go to other cinemas like in like the sub- suburbs but i couldn't i probably couldn't go to one in like the center of birmingham wow so just to let you know odin have done almost uh, the opposite of that which is you can go to any of their cinemas and their card is now only 10 pound a month uh, good for them. Yeah. Uh, Cineworld are struggling financially, so they probably need uh, to scrimp. Fuck them. Also, you... I live nearer to a Cineworld than an Odeon. So... Do you know that um, the Odeon is one of the rare examples where the monopoly law has been enforced by the government? They literally decided there were too many Odeon what? branches. So, like, they made the owners roll dice and, like, pick a dog mm-hmm. or a hat. Hello, and welcome to What Is Music, a music podcast about music. We are a podcast that focuses on discographies in their entirety, doing deep dives on one artist at any one time. Not two artists. Never That's two insane. That would be mental. We're currently we did in... release an episode on the Manic We're Street Beaches the other day. Two, which is called Are You Amused? A critical analysis of the history, cultural impact and music of Muse. We are going through their entire career, album by album, track by track, asking questions like, does context matter when you're listening to music? Does knowing the history of an artist affect your appreciation of their output? And... This season, we're, of course, asking, are you amused? And to be clear, we're asking if you're amused by the band news, not whether or not you're amused by us. Those the podcast, are you amused, which you're now listening. Uh, I'm Alan Scott Glassball, and I'm joined by my hosts. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. So my, my brain moved quicker than my tongue then. So instead yeah. of saying co-hosts, I said coasts. Um, <laughs> I like it. The first which coast, coast is Steve Murphy. A jagged uh, and unforgiving coast. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm uh, jagged and, and unforgiving coast. And we're also joined by the beautiful sandy, the white sand beaches of the coast that is Lucas Way. What do you guys think music is? It's uh, Lucas Way blowing into his microphone and causing you issues editing. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, I think it's uh, the, the, the view into the soul huh? of someone who is trying to say words... Mm. And they are, and they, and they are saying words because mm. they use lyrics. Yeah, mm. it started off like it was going to be really poignant and it genuinely really quite lovely, apart, and I it just fell apart at the fucking. I think seems. Um, well, the thing is, Adam always says like it's something you can't put, you couldn't say in words. But the thing is, a lot of musicians do use words, so you do recognise there are lyrics in songs now. Well, because you denied that any bands had words in songs. On mic. Well, we did have a recent occurrence of me literally not noticing a song was an instrumental. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's <laughs> get on with Down it. to business. We're going through discography of Muse from three different perspectives. <laughs> me, very analytical and deeply into the context of music, but not a big fan of Muse. Steve, moderately thoughtful about music. Bit of a normal person. Bit of a Muse fan. Bit up and down, you know, this season. It's been a roller coaster. And Lucas, uh, you know, not that in touch with his artistic side maybe but we'll drag it out of him uh but huge muse fan uh last time we uh, i think we've only got we've only got the symphony Hi. portion of the resistance left so shall we so three episodes three tracks three tracks episode, but we've also we're also going to do neutron star collision in this episode we have well. done episodes on entire albums and this entire album has been three episodes that's true but these episodes have been shorter yeah, which is mm. the whole point. Yeah. yeah, no, I think I need you to explain it to me again. <laughs> we'll, maybe we'll do that off mic. 
Maybe we'll we'll do another lesson that, that I call maths for the criminally insane. <laughs> I've just noticed that my folder, my folder on my Google Drive, where all of my files and notes for the Origin of Symmetry episodes. Oh yeah, is called Origin and Symmetry. Oh yeah. Mm. Oh right. So that's wrong. <laughs> oh yeah. Should we just let's 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 go. Let's throw hands. <laughs> Let's fucking go. <laughs> yeah, let's let's fight. No, but uh, we we got up to. Uh, I belong to you. Um, so it's weird. We, we are we are technically three tracks from the end, but also uh, we have already completed the sort of the song portion of the album, and we move into something a bit different. Well, it's where the album, there's no more songs, because they didn't, for some reason, they didn't do their, like, symphony that they talked about. Lucas, you are in for a big surprise, what? my friend. <laughs> what? <laughs> Exopolitics part one. Oh. Exopolitics part two. What? I wish. Oh, I see how you're saying that. You're saying it like it's exogenesis. Hmm? I thought it was, I thought it was exogenesis. <laughs> So part one of a symphony. So how are we going to talk? We're, uh, uh, we're talking about it. So Adam's going to say they made it three separate tracks. So we're going to treat it as three separate tracks. Yeah, correct. Yeah, they yes. did. I mean, to be fair, they did. And also I would point out that classical music is separated into movements. And this is the correct way to do it. Fine. Now, I think Adam hates this whole thing. Love it. That is so why don't you massive surprise fuck off Lucas I think at the start of the season you you dissed it yeah I probably did yeah. I hadn't heard it in about 10 years sorry that wasn't a gotcha that wasn't like a no no no, 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 no. Adam got, got Adam got gotched though I got got yeah. actually and actually I resigned from the podcast cool oh okay fine this so is going to be terrible now, now, then. Okay. Good luck um, editing this. this. So, I mean, it, it, it's hard to only talk about part one and not talk about the whole thing. Well, let, let, let me skip at least to the uh, to the end portion of this track really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
gets very big. It gets very yeah, big and news, doesn't it? Discovered. Yes. So this is you know the what? best I, I one was... of the three. Sorry. Okay. This is the best one of the three. I disagree. I think that, it's the second fine. best of the three. Oh, well, I would agree. Three different opinions. Imagine doing a podcast. Well, it's not it's two different opinions because me and Adam agreed. <laughs> However, oh, yeah. I think that if you had to pick one song to sum up Muse in general so far, play this. Yeah, and and so to go into the sort of the, the live bit, um, they part one they played a lot live. Just part one at the arena tours and stadium gigs and everything. They've never played part two. And they played part three once. Okay. And they've never played it as a whole thing, which is criminal. At some point, they fucking have to do that at some point. Like, it's just, it's, yeah. it's there. It's dangling. It really oh. is. It, it, it's mad to me that this wasn't just the middle section of their game. Just play the, the whole thing. Um, yeah. So to get to part two, to spoil it slowly, uh, the reason is Matt's too scared to play part two because he thinks he'll fuck it up on the piano. Right. It is a complicated, yeah. but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Part one, yes, um, part right. One. Part one is great because, and then the the drums that come over the top of that, it's epic, but not for epic's sake. It's done so well; mm. it's really nice. It's actually very tasteful. It is tasteful, but it's not something we're used to from Muse. I think I have to say about parts one two and three at this point because i've got very little to say about two and three i i do feel it's very pompous and i feel like i could never be in the mood what? to just sit down and listen to the exogenesis symphony i've done that so, You're joking. i've done that so many you times think, you think that putting a three-part symphony on the end of your album is pompous are you joking steve yeah do you know what i'm not joking <laughs> wow I'm, I'm genuine about that i'll say it and i'll put it on the record i'm just gonna say it um so I think we're, I think we do need to, to 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 do some housekeeping and give some credit here. So this is basically one hundred percent composed by Matt. It's like he's completely written the whole the whole three he parts. Wrote the all the sheet music. He wrote it all himself. He like self taught Incredible. himself to essentially compose a proper full blown bit of orchestra. You know, a, a classical bit of music. Obviously, they added and them. He has, yeah. And he, apparently, he's been working on like bits of it for years in like parts, and never really figured he could do anything with them as actual songs. And then one day went, "Well, fuck it. Why don't I just do my own one of those and do a fucking three-part symphony?" So, like, absolute credit to Matt Bellamy oh, writing yeah. a fucking orchestral symphony. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, fair play. Obviously, that work that he was doing on the international was kind of a build-up yeah. <laughs> to this sort of work. Uh, um. So exogenesis is the hypothesis that life originated elsewhere in the universe and was spread to Earth and other planets via seeds. Similar, to, similar to something called panspermia. Also X-Files. Yeah. Um, more, more accurately is this three-part thing is, has a plot. Yeah. And that plot is the film Interstellar. Okay, great. <laughs> I mean, no, it literally is. It's part one, world's fucked. Part two, send astronauts into space to try and recolonize and find somewhere better because the Earth is d- fucked. Part three, we found somewhere, let's hope. Mm. That's the plot of Interstellar. Yeah, but Interstellar came out two years after this, right? So they ripped off, yeah, so Chris Nolan. Oh, wait, no, five years yeah, no, after yeah, this. No, 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 Interstellar no, come out? No, Chris Nolan, Interstellar's 2012. No, it's not, is it? Is it? 2014? No, because no, no, 2012 was Dark Knight Rises, so his next one would have been like 16, 15. No, 14. I don't fucking know, mate. Who knows? 
Who knows? Nobody knows. Echo, when That's did Interstellar come out? Literally nobody, nobody knows. knows when Interstellar came out. 7th of November 2014. Okay, great. Could Thank you even you. Could you even Thank hear you, her? Alexa. Yeah, no, I could hear that. But that's, that's fine. Um, it literally is Interstellar. So Chris Nolan ripped off Matt Bellamy. And it's interesting that this this is like uh, a narrative told across three parts because it actually makes it difficult to talk about it as anything other well, than that's, one that's part. Why we, yeah. That's why we said we're going to split it into, three, into each track and then we've proceeded to talk about the whole thing. Because yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. It, but but to, to try and kind of keep it about part one... It's the most orchestral of the three, right? Yeah. It's the most string-led and... What? What's Steve doing a face for? Because he was about to say that he didn't hear orchestral on this track. The... It's so beautiful. It reminds me of Take a Bow. It does. Unfortunately, it does also sound a little bit like the music when they go to Lothlorien in... The Lord of the Rings. What? Does it? The, yeah, so this is the one that kind of got played live, and it kind of is the one that's most suitable for playing live. It's the most one that's like a song. Yeah, it's yeah, and that makes sense because it's an overture. It's something that encompasses parts or yeah. themes or moods of the other two parts. Yes, so yeah. like, we talk about Muse taking the sort of musical theatre and the bombast and all the rest of it. They're now fucking doing an overture and calling it overture as well which is a bit yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, also uh, bugbear they don't need the word symphony in the title for all three of these songs no i agree exogenesis part, 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 part one overture yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't need 100 you don't need to clarify yeah no, <laughs> it's too much explanation exogenesis by the way guys i've written a symphony so part <laughs> so two <actually>. cross-pollination <laughs> uh, but i mean i mean before the album came out he's showing off before yeah. the album came out fuck me was i hyped for this because obviously they were like talking yeah, about yeah. it in interviews and i was like holy shit he's doing a and you had just seen a track listing right without hearing it i guess yeah yeah and he talked in interviews about like Ooh. it's a three-part symphony and i just saw it just being like holy shit what right what's he yeah. gonna what's it gonna be and and it delivered. Were you disappointed? No, what, did it exceed expectations. I fucking or? loved it. Okay, okay, okay. So, Steve, this is your favourite part of the three. Yeah. Um, this is my middle favourite. This is the, the thing. Three. Like this symphony is fucking beautiful and it's so lovely. But like, for what I want out of Muse, like, I don't know. Like, I just, I just on an on an but album. Steve, I don't want to. I'm. I'm not going to argue with you about what you want from Muse or whatever. Okay, and but I, please I, do. We like to, you know, respect each other's opinions as much <laughs> as we can. Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah. If we'd spent the whole Manic season going, oh, this isn't what I want from the Manics. No, then I know. You wouldn't have enjoyed Futurology. You wouldn't have enjoyed uh, Journal for Plague Lovers. I know one of us didn't enjoy. Sorry, for can you just name drop the right at the? Come on, get to it. You need there's you a life blood. Are you gonna say actor? Oh, the right <laughs> album. I thought you were saying name drop I thought you were talking about yourself. Yeah. Like, you know, the actor. <laughs> the, the, I guess the only argument against the symphony thing is that if you're sort of saying, Steve, I'd never be in the mood to just listen to it, you're essentially now saying, Well, that's unfortunate because now this album is eight tracks long. Yeah. Because if you kind I, of if you kind of right. don't treat this as the songs on the album that you would ever want to listen I, to. I will talk to I talk about it in my in my final Upcoming thoughts about novel. it, yeah. oh. called Exogenesis <laughs> Symphony Part Four. But at this point, Steve's I'm... thoughts. <laughs> I, I at this point in the album, like as much as I've loved a lot of it, and as much as I, I found it 
insane. Like I genuinely exhausted because there's so much going on. As much as it might be okay, or it might be great, or it might be insane, or it might be stupid, and I might hate it. There's all of that, and then there's a symphony, like three part thing. Right. It, I I was just over it at this I'm, point. I'm bang up for it. And actually, and I also think the three songs stand alone enough that this album on shuffle, I'm perfectly happy to listen to any of the three parts individually. Yeah, I would agree with that. Cross well. poll- pollination, the least, the middle one, the least. I would say stands apart. A as its own thing the least of the three but in general well let's let's hear the the middle part let's yeah. let's but, i mean the let, fact that they do it. part one live kind of shows it works as its own yeah thing yeah for sure for sure let's so so that was exogenesis symphony part one parenthesis <laughs> overture and this is exogenesis symphony part two parenthesis cross-pollination This is so good. This is my least favourite of the three, and it's still so good. It's so good. (laughs) Do you know what my one one note about this song is? Matt is very good on the piano. Matt is very good at the the things he does for a profession. Yes. Yeah. I'm not surprised he was worried about, uh, like, fucking it on stage, because that is a complex piano part. Yeah. Yeah. He is so talented. It is insane and then obviously it yeah. gets big it goes all big and like it gets the, muse. the most they heavy, get all muse about it the most heavy uh i really like rise above the crowds wade through toxic clouds because it just makes me think of interstellar yes yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, it's the, yeah. i mean i'm not saying christopher Nolan ripped off matt bellamy but i mean it's the well it's a common theme in sci-fi isn't it the end of this world and a search for another uh, but i feel like matt did it first in 2009. Not the 70s when it would have <laughs> yeah. definitely not been any in every of novel. great novels yeah. from the 50s. No, what are you talking 60s? about? Don't be talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, this is my least favourite of the three as well, but it's still incredible. Yeah, I, my least favourite of the three. It's the, it's the one that's got guitars on it. It's got like big guitar. Well, then again, part one's got guitar as well, hasn't it? So, so mm-hmm. I can fuck off. Yeah, why don't you fuck off, Lucas, and let Steve speak for a change? Uh, <laughs> And then, and then halfway through him talking, I'm just going to say some random word associations. No, that'd yeah, be really do obnoxious, that. don't you? Yeah, all right. Yeah, don't do that. Don't yeah. Do that. What are you going to say, Steve? All of this is so lovely and so well written. Lovely bones. What? 
Some it's a novel of, called Lovely Boat. Some word yeah, association. I oh, is that your word association? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, keep going. Keep going, Steve. <laughs> but. I can't believe it's not butter. I can't believe it's not butter. Exactly, Adam. No, I just, I just at this point. Adam I, Lambert. Yeah, I just, I think it's absolute. Absolution. Him you wank. think it's absolute wank, right? I think yeah. it's him okay. just masturbating. I think it's genuinely him going, oh, my God. That is all musicians ever. Yeah, like, also, imagine being a musician going into a studio and going, actually, I'm going to underplay this one. I'm not going to do this to the best of my ability. That's what you want from Muse, though, Adam. Imagine having... You want them to hold back. You've been saying you want them to hold back and just yeah, maybe I, I, a bit I, less. He has not when, they're, not when they're doing a symphony. <laughs> yeah, good point. So what they should do is not do a symphony. To be fair, Adam, I want them to hold back on MK Ultra. I want them to hold back on United States of, of Eurasia. I want them yeah. to hold back on a lot of absolutes. You think they should have gone? I do gone, not want them to je, hold back je, on Exogenesis je, Symphony Part, part Two. Parentheses cross pollination. <laughs> I mean, yeah. To be this, this, this has been an interesting episode because Adam has said like like stop doing too much too many things and sit on your hands a little bit more and on the album where they really just they really spaff a lot of shit at the wall adam's like mostly yeah. loving spaffing it. shit i'm i'm wondering if on previous albums they actually didn't do enough and actually maybe you would have preferred absolution maybe absolution didn't go far enough it needed turn, more it needed way 11, more yeah. it needed uh you know bass clarinet solos yeah. um <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I I do not side with Steve on he's just wanking. I think if you're going to call, like, if you're someone who's capable and and has written a symphony, to put that out there is not wanky. That is, like... So he, like, sorry to interrupt, but he, here's my thing on critical analysis, right? Um, You look at the thing that you are critically analysing and you try and work out what it's intending to do and then you measure how successful it is in that intention. Matt Bellamy has written something called Exogenesis Symphony Part 2, parenthesis, cross-pollination. <laughs> which means he is, you know, my expectation of that is that it's overblown and that it is a lot. And, you know, I think from a symphony, I would expect it to be string-led and moving. And for me, it meets a lot of those criteria. Whereas, you know, if you're looking at absolution, the intention of that, for me, what I thought they were trying to get across is like a dark alt-rock record. And that didn't happen for me. It didn't meet that expectation. Your ex- yeah, so for you, what he was uh, meant, attempting to do with Apocalypse Please was be very big and dramatic and epic. And to you, it didn't because it went to yeah. 10 and then stayed there. Yeah, for example. So it's form versus function, isn't it? Basically, basically everything I've ever said boils down to form versus function. Shall we play just one of the most beautiful things Matt Bellamy's written?
beautiful. 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 So beautiful I've written the words. Really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I've written. Steve. I feel like you you are just, you don't like the concept of a symphony at the end of an album, really. Yeah, I love, I love this. I love parts one, two, and three of Exogenesis Symphony. I love it. Really? Because it doesn't sound like you do. It sounds like you don't love it. Well, how could you not think that that is not... You just don't think it fits on on this album, right? I just think... How how couldn't you not think that isn't amazing? I know I do. I do think it's good. <laughs> I don't but know if I, the, what I said this was This is the same album that's got Uprising and Resistance on it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like mental, actually. But you know how I same... respond to mental oh, things. Yeah, I know. But this is the same album. It's got you know, it's, it's erasure with the Queen and the Maroon 5. The Queen. The Queen. It had the Queen. It's got the Queen on it. I love it. It's so lovely. I. It's just, I just, I just. I'd, I'd had enough at this point. Really, Which is weird because this, this album is yeah. only 11 tracks long. If this was tracks 13, 14, but and 15... But it must be about an hour, isn't it? Uh, well, it's 54 minutes total, over, which isn't yeah. a long... Oh. No, it's 54 minutes total. That's okay. not that sorry, mad. Sorry. All right, Lucas, I'm sorry. Yeah. That is quite long. It, yeah. Yeah. The... I mean, the older songs are quite long. It's no generation um, This. So, Adam, this is your favourite of the three, right? <laughs> Um. Yeah, it's one of my favorite pieces of music ever composed. Yeah, same. This is, this is this is this is this is just absolutely absolutely lovely. I I have a clip for something that it reminds me of, and I think Lucas, it might be your jam. Oh. Is it "Down um, with the sorry. Sickness" by Disturbed? Oh. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh. Uh, let me let me. I'll, I'll I'll happily take guesses on the artist and where it's from though well, afterwards. All right. Similar kind of vibe, I think. I'm guessing it's from a film. It is from a film, Can you actually. Tell yeah, me but it's f- unusual that this artist... Uh, well, it was unusual at the time that this artist would be composing music for a film. What's the film? The Road. The Road was Trent Reznor? No, no. it wasn't. <laughs> what is did the road he do? Liam Neeson is... No, I'm thinking of The Grey, aren't I? No, Road was... Yeah. Um, oh, that's um, Aragorn. Viggo Mortensen. It's Viggo yeah. Mortensen, yeah. Based on the novel by Cormac yeah. McCarthy. Vigio Morgenstein. Um, <laughs> that was Nick Cave. Um, oh. And Warren Ellis. Uh, one of the most beautiful pieces of music. Interestingly, uh, released the same year as, oh. um, as 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 The Resistance. I've never seen The Road. It's one of those films where I know I probably need to just find the mood to watch it. Ooh, it's a mood, apparently. It's not a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike Exogenesis Symphony Part 3, parenthesis Redemption, which is a lovely time. It's a lovely time. It's a bit it's sad, a though. It makes me feel very yeah, melancholy. Yeah, it's really... Yeah. No, but like, and how rare is that for Muse to do? Muse do not do melancholy, ever. That's true. But then I also can't help but feel that he is aping um, you know, other classical composers that he likes. This feels very much like Eric Satie, that kind of loose, improvised feel. You'll have heard some Satie, I'm sure. The the um 
you say about like sometimes you wish you just sit on their hands a bit. Well, this is fairly stripped down, really. It's a yeah, it's piano. It's some yeah. like brushy brushy drums, and is there strings on this? Yeah. Or is it piano led? I can't remember. No, it's strings. There's some strings. Oh yeah, of course there is. Yeah, and it's lovely. And the the this time, and then the, the get it right. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It sounds yeah. like like desperate it sounds like sad like it's like sad. it's not sad it's not the word he's like grasping grasping like a longing like a longing yeah. longing is the word i was looking for is a longing to the word right and it yeah yeah do that yeah. close to the mic Lucas. now interestingly i know that um myself and lucas have basically been sucking this symphony off right mm. um I'm I am kind of between Lucas and Steve in the respect that this is not a symphony that like if I'm like oh I want to listen to some classical music I want to listen to a symphony today I'm not going to put on Exogenesis. Do you know what I mean? No, it, it, it is it is it, it's that similar thing that I've that I've sort of you know the clips that I've done over the course of the album. It is derivative of other stuff. I just think it's cool that they've got all of this other stuff. On this mad album. Do you know what I mean? Well, this is my point. I'm glad he's probably got it out of his system. Like, this was obviously... <laughs> no, and that sounds like a real diss. So but like, diss. This is, yeah. <laughs> so horrible. I mean, it's a bit of both. Like, I'm glad he... I mean, I've talked about how he's wanked all over this album. I'm glad he's got it out of his system and he's emptied his balls. But... Oh. Like... I'm glad like this this has clearly been he's clearly been writing a lot of this for a while, right? And isn't that cool that he released it? And finally got to I, put it out I'm there, yeah. Sorry for saying released it after saying empty balls. <laughs> yeah, I did like But like like that the, it's cool that he did put it on a sorry, a release uh, <laughs> as no. an album. And, and, and that finally- is fairly cool. I personally was just so exhausted by all the stuff. Yeah? Right, does, yeah. Does that make it, sense? It, it's a very busy album. Yeah. But that's it's what I then I like. Time. I then like that after all the busyness of... I mean, yes, they are long songs, but ultimately only after eight tracks, granted eight long songs, is the album kind of done. Longs. The album's kind of done. Yeah, and yeah. then you have this other thing, like, this, like the outro. Yeah, or whatever but it's another it. thing with... 10,000 right. parts. And it's amazing. So no- when me and Lucas are a bit like, oh, there's another thing, you're like, oh, there's another thing. Yeah, and that's how I... At this yeah. this point in time where we listened to this album, and basically I listened to this album for the first time, didn't I? Really, like, properly actually listened. It just wasn't really what I was after. I don't know. It's interesting. I've I've got a note similar to that for when we get to final thoughts i was i was so up for this and it absolutely delivered like this is when i was like like when i was doing the listen through of the album like that first time i was obviously like enjoying and listening to the songs although having said that at that point i would have heard uprising resistance undisclosed desires united states eurasia and unnatural selection because of so were you like anticipating the symphony yeah. at the end yeah yeah okay so much i was like holy shit. <laughs> oh god i can't wait oh god i can't wait and then it came and it was amazing uh, and they, funnily enough, the the symphony technically is a single. What they released it as a vinyl only single, all three parts, all three parts. That's cool. Love that. Cool. They also, yeah. um, so, uh, uh, April first, 
two thousand and something, uh, they re- the Fool's they released uh, they released part four. Um, Wait, what? Which was what? um, yep, it um was Creep by Radiohead. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did they actually do that? Yep, that's what? so good. <laughs> that's, that's really so funny. Good. <laughs> They released Exogenesis Symphony Part Four. Um, oh, what the fuck was it called? What was the uh, the the name? Not Redemption. Weirdo or something. No, uh, Exogenesis Symphony Part Four. Weirdo. Oh, what was it fucking called? Uh, Exogenesis. But anyway, what, how did they release it? Just like, like, on their yet. website, yeah, like an announcement, like uh, Exo- Exogenesis Part Four Salvation. And <laughs> I tell you what, creep. I tell you what. Let me let me send you because it's not just kind. It's not. It's kind of not just creep. Uh, what really? Well, it is, and it, it like let me just let me just send you the clip. Why have done not prepare and send this to you in advance? Doesn't matter. Unprepared for the episode. Unprepared for the episode. Let me just It'll send it to you. Exogenesis Part Four: Salvation. Good on Great. Them. I love that. Good yeah, 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 self-awareness. Yeah. Of... We might never talk about it, but uh, Creep is kind of a good song. Sorry. Um, right. oh, Your yeah. skin yeah. makes me cry. Um, it's a good song. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. A good lyric. Uh, yeah, yeah, so that one they played live once, which is bananas that they obviously rehearsed it to the point where they are capable of doing it live. Sorry, are we talking about part four? No, sorry, part three, sorry. Sorry, okay. <laughs> sorry. yeah, part three. Sorry, they did not do part four. Uh, part three, yeah, so they, they, to the point where they are capable of playing it live, they've obviously rehearsed it, practiced it and whatever, and they do it one time ever. Why do you wow. do that? Why do where you do did that? they do it? In Japan in 2013, so we're in the next album by this it's point. It's a Japanese bonus track. Must be what it well, is. Well, no, funny enough, they played it in Japan, and uh, it's, uh, they played it with the the video. Obviously, at this point, they've got screens with, like, visuals for every song, right? Um, mm. The visuals was just a short film. Someone made, like, a little short film set to Redemption, like a little animated right. little short film. And they just obviously, like, used that, which is quite nice. They give that person some yeah, recognition. Cool. Yeah, but cool. why do it once? Do it, like, a thousand times so I can see it. Yeah. It's a Japanese bonus track. So it only gets played Literally, just any amount of money I will pay to go to the gig where they have an orchestra and they play all, all the songs that are kind of appropriate to use an orchestra on them. Sure. And they and they end I and really they end don't... movement number two with Exogenesis Symphony and then they come back on and then they do an orchestral version of Nights. <laughs> I genuinely don't understand why Muse have never toured with an orchestra. It winds me right up because artists like like have you heard of Father John Misty? Yeah. Farmer, Maybe yeah, we'll talk about yeah, him farmer, one day. Farmer John, John Misty, yeah. Yeah. 
he tours with a full orchestra. He tours like a twelve-piece string orchestra for every yeah, gig. Like, so it's not beyond their budget. No, now, granted, twelve is probably not enough for what Muse would do with it. They'd need like it's a full. En- yeah, it's enough to get an idea. Yeah, but like, you yeah, like, I mean, we, we talked about some previous episode. I saw the last Shadow Puppets do a tour, right? And that was like, like a full yeah. forty-piece fucking orchestra. Their budget, small, together, their budget is smaller than Muse's. Fucking hell. Come on the podcast. Uh, yeah, it does wind We'll talk up. about the solo in Guiding Light. We'll talk about the riff in MK Ultra and why you haven't toured with an orchestra. Like, fine, don't do a full and tour. And Bassoon 5. Yeah. We'll talk about Bassoon like, fine, 5 don't, as well. Don't do because a whole... I'll be wearing the T-shirt. Yeah. Don't do a whole tour. <laughs> fine, do like three nights at the O2 or whatever where they do Muse yeah. with the orchestra. Fine, and sell yeah. the tickets for 300 quid a pop. Cause yeah, because I'll, I'll, I'll spend nine hundred. Because I'll spend nine hundred quid going to all three nights. Just do the whole symphony as well. Yeah. Just do all three. Parts. I mean, yeah, that would be insane. No, but imagine they did do a gig where they got on a, and they don't do it. That would be that would be insane. Criminal. <laughs> yeah, it would. They do they just, be hysteria C- twenty four yeah, times. They do like City of Del- <laughs> they, go, they do obviously City of Delusion. They do like. <laughs> You know, United States, Eurasia, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to think, like, I, I yeah. think I've looked at this, I think, like, people have had this conversation before online. Agitated. Where it's like, where it's like there's, there's the obvious songs that they would do. And yes, then please. There would have to be a handful of songs that they would just add some string elements to some existing songs. Right. Right? There's some Feeling songs that, good. Like, they'd play Blackout because it's got all the strings on it. But they'd probably also no, play, like, they'd find a way of adding... Christ. works. It's not a good example, it's not a good example. What we're doing in terms of a bit. It's not a good example. It's not a good example. Final thoughts. <laughs> he just gave up on his point. <laughs> Final thoughts. The album just genuinely exhausted me. Like that's You exhaust the... me. Okay. Okay, and next. And Adam's So turn. I can be <laughs> There's lots of really fun stuff on there and loads of undeniably well-written music. I can't get away from the fact that he wrote a fucking symphony. All the wank I talked about is obviously very good. Like, objectively good. Yeah, right? Yeah. Exactly. Like, it's well-written. Like, oh my God, he's good at the piano, for example. But it's like... Doesn't touch you. Yeah, I guess so. There's just too many ideas going on. For me, that gave me that feeling of exhaustion like it again has like a lot of really silly stuff going on in there and it can be really fun like the united states of eurasia uh for example or bassoon five which i'm gonna hammer <laughs> into the ground until it's not funny anymore which i've already Great, done yeah. so, like the last episode yeah um but then it has the most earnest earnest like gigantic thing possible at the end so like there's loads of silliness and then I don't think Exogenesis Symphony Part 1, 2, and 3 is silly. I think no, it's you're extremely right. No, they're not, they're not silly. They are earnest, absolutely. Yeah. So it, I don't know what this album is. I don't know if it's supposed to be stupid or insanely clever. You That's know? a really good point, Steve. It's, it's just, the first one you've made on this podcast. <laughs> thank it's, I think it, what it is, is it's Muse indulging every, every impulse. Everything. Yeah. The earn- thought- from the earnest to the silly. Yeah. To the middle of the road. So I found it so hard to keep track of my own thoughts to write down them very well, you know? Does that make sense? 
Um, yeah, one hundred percent. I've I have something similar. I mean, you've uh, generally been. I mean, both of you have generally been quite positive. I mean, it's going to be funny when Adam's like said all this stuff and he's gonna be like, yeah. So I think it's like a four, three out of ten. Out of I'm 10. positive <laughs> in the way that like it's obviously there's a there's there's a loads of well written stuff in there. There's some really fun silly stuff in there that I really enjoyed. That there, there's some pop in there that I really enjoyed. So I'm going to be positive about it. But as an album as a whole, genuine. The only way I can describe it is I was exhausted. Does that make mm. any sense? But like, yeah, yeah, I want yeah, them to be very silly. I just, I don't want them to beat me to death with, with it. <laughs> you yeah. know, I don't know. Um, right, score. Well, highlights and lowlights. Oh shit! Of course. Fuck me. I'm going with a highlight of MK Ultra. <laughs> Sorry. I love how both me and Adam sniggered at that. I didn't is so... need to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and and just from sheer, I was surprised at what the fuck was happening. Is United States? Yeah, Indonesia. my boy. Yeah, that makes sense. Low lights. Um, yeah. Low lights. Shit, I can't put like up yeah, resistance. In there. Undisclosed desires. Oh. <laughs> You know, uprising. Like I don't know. There's, there's not, there's nothing I hated on the album. There's nothing I really. But there's nothing that you absolutely loved either, really. Yeah. 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 What does uh, that make your score? Because I'm so conflicted on the album. I think the only thing that is fair to give it is five out of ten. Okay. That because seems lower has... than the way you've talked about a lot of this. Well, that's what I tried to say. I thought it was going to be. That's what yeah. I tried to say at the top of part one of, of this of this album that we were doing. Odyssey. Of the Odyssey <laughs> that is the Resistance part one to eight. Two and three. Um, parenthesis. Cross-pollination. Yeah, sure. <laughs> is that I didn't enjoy it as much as Absolution because wow. I was so exhausted. Which so, is which weird because I'm pretty sure in terms of pure, in terms of track numbers and pure length, Absolution is longer in both counts. Fair enough. No, it's not. It's slightly yeah. shorter in terms of uh, actual album. But I remember what Steve said at the beginning of part one was, you know, he felt he was focusing on the negative for Absolution and wanted to focus on the positive for this album. So it kind of makes sense the way he talked about either albums yeah. was maybe slightly out of step with the way he scored. But, and- but that's... But that's the same yeah. as you gave showbiz and there's also kind of the difference uh, with, there's yeah. also kind of the thing with difference with steve's is even though maybe he was more negative about absolution there's also some songs on that that steve thought were, were so fucked. good yeah yeah whereas there's absolutely. nothing on this album for you that goes close to stockholm syndrome hysteria that. yeah etc yeah. like spoilers none of these are going to make my top 10 at the moment oh no hey, no, wait, hang on yeah. not hang on not, wait, even, wait, not wait, even guiding wait. light <laughs> it's really good there wasn't it oh shit I didn't put that in my top so I like um, I, I will say this I like that it exists as like a monument to overblown madness and I mean and, and this is definitely the thing with that there's a there is a, I am finding there is a difference between what I want and enjoy of Muse and mm. Lucas the host of this podcast who <laughs> enjoys having different Co-host. things to to cover and Sub-host. discuss because right. it, like we said it with Mannix, right? It'd be boring to do Everything Must Go 14 times. Yep. It'd be boring yeah. if Muse did Absolution nine times. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. if even if they did the quality of Hysteria level for that many subscriptions, like they didn't dip. It was They kept fucking banging out Hysteria after Hysteria yep. after Hysteria. 
it wouldn't be as interesting to talk about still even if it yeah. maybe would be even if on the whole oh, it would be better maybe 100 percent, because we've talked about it for this long so that's what i mean like i, I like that this album exists in their pantheon you just don't like it i just i just couldn't like it oh, five out of ten like in lucas i mean it honestly seems huge. like you just still haven't made your mind that's and what I mean, maybe I need it. to come back, and that's it. why Steve's giving it a five. So he's just going back yeah. down the middle and make up his mind. Yeah, yeah. He can't make exactly. Yeah. Um, maybe I need to just get in a real fucking mood and and just like <laughs> well, listen to the Exogenesis like, Symphony. Like I completely get why this turned off a portion of the fan base, including myself at the time, because on first blush, it sort of just doesn't click very well. I think as an album, it's quite cheesy in places. And the places where it isn't cheesy, it's quite similar to stuff that they've already done. And it's like a weirdly off-putting album in places. Bearing in mind like the kind of band that I think Muse were before this album, it's almost like they're daring you to like it or hate it. Yeah. They're like they're putting forward some stuff that is not typical for Muse and going like, how are you going to get on with this then? Yeah, and like there, there is a portion to... of Muse fans at this time and still now who they, for them, like Starlight is already too mellow and cheesy. Yeah, exactly. And they like yeah. fucking micro cuts. Do you mean like and... in the way that the, like the Tory government will leak their ideas for doing something, seeing what everyone does with that idea and then like say was they yeah, like sure. it or not. Yeah, go, they yeah, put this album different. out there and then people are going, well, I like this and I don't like this. No, I don't know. I, I just think that there is a certain bravado around like, yeah, fuck you. This has got a clarinet solo in it. What the fuck <laughs> are you going to do about it? Sorry, say it. Old say it. Muse fan. Say it properly. And, and I, say think, it but I think you're completely right, Steve, is that you have to be in the mood for the vibe of yeah. this album which is why, over the course of listening, my views on this album have pinged back and forth between like enjoying it very much and not enjoying it at all. Which is why when you say you wrote your notes and made a point of saying they're locked, because if you gave them another pass, it might flip-flop again. No, not that at all. It, it's just that sometimes I would listen to United States of Eurasia and think, what the fuck is this overblown shite? And then the next day I'll listen to it and just be like, this is the best song I've ever heard in my fucking I, life. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. <laughs> so I messaged you to say that it put me in a difficult position because when I first listened to it, I didn't like it for like the first five or so listens. Well, and, obviously, flat out- and, and that's what you expected because this is what put you off Muse. So when you first went back to it, you were like, well, I'm probably not going to like it because this is the album that put me off Muse. Yeah, but here's the thing. I didn't like it. But I thought it was a more interesting album than Absolution. And now and now you both find it more interesting and also like it more. <laughs> well, no, it's just, there's so much more complexity in this album than Absolution. Even if I didn't like it, I would have to give props to the complexity and the compositions of this album, yeah. which meant that the difficult position was, if I thought that this was complex and better than Absolution, but I didn't like it, I'd have to give it a four, which meant that... I would have to bump down Absolution to a three. But but the way you've talked about this album does not sound like anything five or below. 
You're absolutely right. I, I was completely surprised by this album, and I quite like it. And if you told me ten years ago that I would now rate the Resistance higher than the than Absolution, I would have laughed until my head came off. <laughs> and I think that it is a bit derivative. And I, but I think that the parts that it's derived from make a fairly interesting, lively album. And regardless of whether or not I fully love every song which I don't because I love I love two or three of them. I like a few more than that, and I dislike a few. It's still such an impressively put-together album with a flow, a point to make, a story, and some interesting decisions. And I mean, fair fucking play for putting a full-blown symphony at the end of your stadium pop album. So it's a 7 out of 10, I guess. I guess it's a 7 out of 10, which is why I messaged you to say that I'd made up my mind a few days ago because you were fucking whinging in the group chat about like, oh, I I think you've been very negative about Muse in this album. So I, I, I didn't want you to think that I was like adjusting my score to like appease you in some way and that i'm being positive as if you would do that even if i I literally was in tears but it's a seven out of ten because it's a good album and i think i respect it more than i like it yeah there's a lot of interesting stuff going on here so for me the low lights are mk ultra and guiding light uh and probably my highlights hang on (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) and the highlights unnatural selection and Exogenesis Symphony Part 3, parenthesis, Redemption. Red Neat. Dead. I still am starting this sentence before knowing where it's going to go in terms of my score. I love it. Because I still don't fucking know what I'm going to score this. Because I was going into this being like, I know I'm going to like it more than Adam and Steve because I'm a Muse fan and still like Muse. So, obviously. But... I still know I like it less than the last three, mm. four, three, three, um, and was like I'm, I, and I was also thinking I'm going to come in and, and I think I'm going to give it the critical ear like I did Absolution, and and realize I like it less than I thought I did on a, giving it like that objective listen, and the opposites happened sure. this time round. Where I've gone into it being like, ah, oh, I think I'm going to be a bit more dis- like. I know there's some really good songs in it, but I think in general I'm going to like like it. This a bit is less. twelve, isn't it? And what? Oh, 12, twelve, ten. And and instead the opposites happen. And I think we say about being in the mood for it as well. I think just this episode and talking about it is also like put me in the mood for it because we're yeah, talking about I'm it. Go away and listen to this and album enjoying again. it and talking <laughs> about it and like having fun with it. Yeah, this and- isn't the last time I'm going to listen to this album. Genuinely, because over these last few episodes, however long it's taken us to talk about this, has made me want to delve deep, basically. And yeah, and it's there. also that thing of I cannot like like so. There's songs on this album that I've, that that have never I've never not loved. So like the symphony has always been up there. Uh, in fact, on this album, the only one that's ever been like true, never not like never kind of wavered has been the symphony actually think about all the other songs i've always had some kind of reservations with actually like every other song on it and then some have grown more like undisclosed desires i now like a lot more than i used to uh what's the other one Res- I, well I, I now like resistance more 
since starting this episode because of the Greece comparison. Um, but then yeah. there's and then yeah, there's song and then like there's songs that have like dropped in my estimation. Like I like really tell me more. Tell me more. Good. I liked like I liked Unnatural Selection a lot more when this when I and and MK Ultra a lot more when this album Did first you came out. Did you speak on that? C- compared Did you get very to far or now. <laughs> it's only when Lucas is talking. I'm so sorry, Lucas. Continue. And so, yeah, like this album's probably undergone the most like change in terms of like the songs I liked, I maybe like less. The songs I didn't like, I probably like more. Apart from the Symphony, which has always been like one of the best things they've ever done. <laughs> and is not going to go anywhere. Like that's not changed. So like highlights is part three of what uh, of Exogenous Symphony. Oh right, okay. Redemption. Hmm. And like, I mean, it's going to be quite lazy. And part one. Okay. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. You just really like the symphony. Um. Yeah, and then like. Credit where credit's due to Undisclosed Desires for like completely turning around on me. Don't try and sneak. Don't a do third an on men. Uh, on men. What are your low lights? Low lights are uh, MK Ultra. No. And like Uprising. Uprising just oh, a gen- oh interesting. Uprising's just like a pop single, whatever. Uh, I mean, I don't know, unnatural selection, yeah. but then <laughs> then I thought that going into it, and then we talked about it, and I was like, oh, yeah, unnatural selection's quite a yeah, lot of yeah, fun, yeah, actually. Yeah, 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 riffs, <laughs> <riffs>, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, and like, like, yeah, like songs like Guiding Light are neither the highlight or the low light, but they're just, I just fucking, it's just so, I love it, it's so silly. <laughs> and like, Amazing. score, I still don't yeah, know, and I've started score? the sentence. Oh, come on. But like, it's one to ten. I think I'm going to give it an eight. Oh, okay. My God. Okay. Okay. That's fine. But then, but but then I'm now thinking like it makes it that makes it one lower than Absolution. But then, like, do I actually prefer this to Absolution just in terms of like having more fun with it? But I don't think so because there's songs on Absolution that are like the greatest of all time. So no, yeah, we try and we we try and like uh, find the balance between like objective and subjective with our scores, I guess. Like yeah. in terms of and, critical, and, and I how always we enjoy it. Suffer and struggle with that thing of I feel bad for the songs. Sure. I've always, whenever yeah. I've given an album a lower score, ever I'm always like, oh, but that, those couple of songs that I really really love. <laughs> it's the same thing where I couldn't, in good conscience, give this the same or 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 more than Absolution because right. Hysteria is their the best song, their best song. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, the symphony, incredible, ridiculous. I, I've, I've done the opposite to what I did with Absolution in that this has like increased in my estimations. So you reckon this is maybe a seven, at worst a six, originally, like before. Yeah, I came into this thinking. And I was then... think I came into this thinking I was probably going to give it, probably going to give it a seven, but maybe borderline on six. And yeah. instead, I've said eight. I love it. So I came I in love thinking. That borderline six or seven and went with seven yeah and i came in like it's gonna be a five and i went with five yeah you went with five yeah 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 so um so the album came out the album came out and what the fuck happened then so the album came out um it uh went to number one went to number one in 15 different countries wow obviously including the uk um went to number three in the states so didn't hit number one give me some fucking stats how much did it sell it Worldwide sold more than three million. It went double platinum in the UK and in Europe. It went single platinum in the nice. USA. Big. Is this their so- most successful album? 
Oh, I haven't got all the numbers up in front. I mean, it must be, right? I, I have to imagine the second law sold less than this. Oh, give me a fucking second. No, 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 you don't have to no, look it up. Fine. I just, I'm just okay. imagining that the second law sold less. When we get to the second law episode, remember, three million worldwide. We'll find out. Yeah. Three million plus worldwide. Um, uh, reviews were not the same dizzying heights of the last few. So, you know, instead of like your eights, nines, tens, this was more like your six to eight kind of range. Right. Sort of eight being the really like positive. the R number. Yeah. Uh, so like enemy six, pitchfork six, Q four out. That of five. is that is so much higher than I thought pitchfork would give it. But like Q gives it four out of five, for example. Like you know, they're, they're more you know that sort of the, the higher scores are still not tens; they're like eights. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. It sells very well. Uh. It wins a Grammy in America for the best. I mean, they they really are big in America now. It's winning Grammys and going platinum in the states and shit like. They're big in America now. Mm. Um, more importantly, uh, Matt won hottest male at the Enemy Awards for two straight years. That is very important. Uh, yeah. More importantly than that is he was up against Dom. Really? Which is quite funny. <laughs> oh, really? <I> imagine. <laughs> Wait, hang on. Hang on. Did Chris not get... No. Even an, a right what? honourable mention? Not even an on men. The sexiest member of the band. I know, it's mental, isn't it? Uh, unbelievable. Um, probably because those are the two figureheads of the band and yeah, he's probably. forgotten about it. So anyway, yeah, so... Uh, uh, in All so, right. So obviously, in, so, so yeah, it comes out. <laughs> um, so album comes out in September. So uh, November, the Undisclosed Desire single comes out. Uh, guess where it charts, uh, Steve? Six. Uh, oh, that's way too high. 14. Yeah, 49. <laughs> uh, in February, uh, both of us massively overestimated. In, fe- it. in February, the resistance single comes out. Uh, guess where that? Uh, oh, 30, fucking one hundred. Uh, Thirty-eight. Better than oh, better, better than undisclosed desires, which is weird. But undisclosed desires is such a single. I know it makes no sense. Uh, okay. April seventeenth, the Exogenesis vinyl single comes out. Doesn't chart. Well, yeah. Uh, oh, come no on. No shit. Uh, I would have guessed May- number one. Didn't get to number one. More importantly, <laughs> for what we're about to talk about, May 17th, 2010. Sorry, did your three-part symphony not even get to number one? <laughs> Are you fucking uh, uh, funny enough? Funny enough, MuseWiki doesn't even have the dates for it, but MK Ultra was released as a single um, in, Austra- oh. in Australia only as a download single for charity. Okay. okay. Uh, more importantly... What charity? Uh, uh, doesn't say. I didn't write it down. Uh, May 17th, 2010, they release a little A-side that goes by the name of Neutron Star Collision, brackets, Love is Forever.
arpeggios. Muse by numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Muse by numbers. But so much worse than Muse by numbers. And it's. It's shit. (laughs) 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 But but the weird thing is, right, I was thinking about this is like, if I put this on the resistance, would I enjoy it more? And weirdly, I would. I think surrounded by the other silliness, bigness, do whatever we wantness. Mm, I think I would enjoy this as part of that tapestry. But as a standalone single, I think it's shit. But the the lyrics are, uh, are well, cheese in the same way that resistance are, but if, but worse. Oh, but also, so much but also worse. the rest of the song isn't as good as resistance around it. That's really true. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it does. It does, really it does sound like it's definitely from this era. Like it sounds like it's the resistance, but I would. That's very true, and and I was very interested to find out, and I found this out accidentally because of some of the Twitter accounts that we follow on our What Is Music Pod Twitter account. Um, very surprised to find out it wasn't recorded specifically for the Twilight. No, film. I always thought that, but no, it, he he basically so after the album. This comes, is just a shit song. So after the album comes out, so I mean, I mean, give you know, give the cut the man some slack because basically, after, well, look, oh, it almost makes me like them more as a band because when asked if they can contribute to something to the Twilight score, uh, Twilight soundtrack, they went, yeah, fuck it, give him this shit. So 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 <laughs> what happened basically was so 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 a while after this album came out, Matt and his girlfriend break up well more specifically oh. she breaks up with him so oh my god adam's just uh adam's his, whole mic is adam's whole mic off. is now not is now nowhere to be seen um he did so, yeah, a so, face that looked i can only describe as uncle fester from the adam's family yes when he's putting the breadsticks yeah, yeah, in his mouth yeah. yes <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah so uh matt gets dumped short version oh. matt gets dumped oh, no. and then writes this song basically in like a proper like i'm sad emo type way oh shit like, because i read these lyrics as very yeah it's positive. like a love song if no you well, no it, 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 it's, it's kind of like because he because he wants like he didn't he didn't want it wasn't a mutual breaking up he got broken up with oh. uh, apparently like if, i mean not to get to like hello magazine but like the some stuff was made yeah. out that he'd been like the public that he'd maybe been like getting off with other girls on tour or something that wasn't, right, okay. he says wasn't true. And he got dumped and he like, it was the situation where he wanted her back sort of thing. He wasn't, it wasn't sure. a mutual breaking up type situation. It was, he got broken up with and was heartbroken. Type okay. Thing. Now the song makes sense. And again. so he writes no, a there cheesy was 30 seconds there where I was. And like, so he writes really a sense. cheesy, cheesy love pop song with no real particular intention for it. He, he did say that he, he maybe like was thinking, well, maybe I'll use this on the next album. And then the Twilight people got in touch and basically said, do you want to contribute a song? Because obviously, so they'd featured on the first two, Supermassive Black Hole. He and... was like, not really, but I do have this. Well, so, so, so they... they... <laughs> well, I, mean... I'd, I wouldn't like to go to any effort for it, but I do have this song. I mean, they obviously have no, you know, they obviously have no real problem with, like, they allowed the other two songs to be used on Twilight. So, you know. That's true. They and then basically... I mean, why would you have a problem with your song being used in one of the biggest films? Yeah. Of time, that year, yeah. and you know and I mean? so the Twilight people get in touch and basically say, like, "Do you want to contribute a song?" Because they they did like one of those albums where it's like songs from the movie type shit, and inspired yeah. by. Um, and he basically said, "Like, well, I've got this song in the bank. It's quite a while before I'll do another album." And he also said, "Like, 
this song might not even be relevant come then I won't want to use it because obviously it's like very much written right. in the moment about this current situation. It was like, well, fuck, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. it. I'll just give it to the Twilight people and let it be an A side and we'll just have it as a single. And so they did. And it's shit. <laughs> it is. It is fucking now, shit. Now, to, it sounds like meatloaf. To give it some credit, the, p- the piano... Don't disparage meatloaf. I fucking can't stand meatloaf in anything other than Fight Club. The piano... Uh, what about uh, <laughs> Tenacious D, The Pick of Destiny? Haven't seen it. No, it's not very good. Um, the, <laughs> the the piano bit, the piano like melody, I think is really nice. That and so that, so 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 that he obviously had had in the bank for a long time because I saw him play that in two thousand and three. Oh wow! So much like the Take a Bow thing, he had was that, that at the Earl's Court. Gig no, no, no. For, this was um, no. Pounds, didn't go to that so Earl's Court been gig. No. I thought you were at the Earl's Court gig, and wasn't there? And that, no, and that was 2004. Or also, so you've Sorry, got no. so Quids. you've got egg on your face because that was 2004. Um, yeah. So he's obviously had that little like that little piano idea like around for a while, and then wrote a song around it. I just went. I feel like that piano bit is really nice, and you probably could write a really nice song around it. But instead, he wrote. But he hasn't. Instead, he wrote "Neutron Star Collision" <laughs> brackets "Love Is Forever" around it. Yeah, it's I don't not very mind. Good. Don't mind the drums. I, d- I don't. Oh, it just turns into like gallopy Duran Duran sort of thing, doesn't it? I, it also does the thing we've covered this on the podcast extensively. It does the thing that I don't like, where the solo is just the vocal melody played on a guitar. That always uh, winds me yes, up. Yes, of course. It's yes, lazy, classic Lucas dislike. Lazy, lazy, lazy. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's like it's worth like some like people on Twitter because I said on like a really early episode that there's one Muse song that I've like absolutely fucking despised to my core, and people predicted this to be that song. It's not really? that song. Oh, oh it's you not just, this. You song. just said it's shit. Yeah, it's shit, but it doesn't mean I despise it to my core. Oh, okay. so we have yet to come across the song that you despise to to its core. Yeah. Um, okay. The, the the yeah, this one's just a bad song. Yeah, it's just, it's just yeah, a bad song that, that does nothing. Like it's just. It's... But do you know what? It's on the soundtrack to the fourth, third, third, third. Twilight film. So who cares? I guess. Yeah. The, 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 obviously, I mean? the funny thing is, like, he obviously wrote this song about like him, but then by putting it on the Twilight soundtrack, immediately now the lyrics are about like. They're basically about Edward and Bella now, aren't they? It kind of now the the song's <laughs> kind of now true. about Twilight, isn't it? Yeah. It kind of hard not to now just think of the song as being like it's about, about the character Twilight. Yeah, yeah. Now, I talked about yeah, it briefly yeah. in the in one of the other episodes recently, but I yeah. So I've recently watched all the Twilight films. Okay. Um, and I fi- I was like, oh, I wonder where Neutron Circulation will like fit in. I imagine was it because like a- of this? Was it because it must have had a real prominent place? Yeah, it must have a real prominent soundtrack. place on the album. It's literally it played- must be over like. It must be over a them montage. realizing them being in love. that they're in love. Yeah, exactly. What they realise in the be... third film that they're in love. Yeah, yeah, no, I, no, no, I don't. Know, like <laughs> rediscovering how much they love each other, and it must be have a real prominent place. Uh, no, it's long played, looks and played so... in the background at a party. You hear oh. about fifteen seconds of it in the background under some dialogue. Oh, oh. really oh. weird. Which is probably the words to describe that entire franchise. Because uh, no, Steve, I didn't watch them in prep for this. It was just what, heard in on the radio in the background. L- lucky happenstance. <laughs> Uh, the reason we decided to watch this was because we recently watched Tenet, and sure. uh, we have like when we and, yeah. and you owed uh, <laughs> you owed Hannah, you owed Hannah uh, about five films. No, when we when we when me and Hannah like when me and Hannah 
watch films. So we, we, we've got like a thing where we keep it entirely democratic. We just take it in turns. It's her pick. It's my pick. Yeah. It's her pick. There's no arguments. If she wants to watch The Notebook, we'll watch The Notebook. And if I sure. say, and if I say we're watching Mortal Kombat, the next film I want to watch is You're the so Mortal stereotypical. Kombat. It's hilarious. What, Mortal Kombat like, and no, a Notebook. It's because the Mortal Kombat's the next film I'm going to watch. And she yeah, made a whole same. point I'm of banging it. on about I'm me watching I'm actually watching, watching Mortal Kombat tomorrow. <laughs> anyway, uh, and so, but, but, but Hannah really struggles with, with, with thinking of ideas of films to watch. So I said, why don't you start doing a thing where you start trying to have like a connecting thread from one film to the next? Because that kind of gives you like a jumping off point. Oh my God. And so we watched Tenet and she was then like, Robert Pattinson, I've only ever seen the first like two Twilight films. You've never seen any of them. Let's watch Twilight. And so we've watched all the Twilight Adam films in the last like Poppy two weeks. something very similar. My girlfriend, Poppy, and I have exactly the same thing where we take it in turns to pick films, but it has to be connected to the last film. How how directly does it have to be? How like vague can you get with the connection? So far, we've managed pretty directly. I'm going to look it up really quickly. So we started arbitrarily with Zodiac, mm-hmm. right? So then I think that was my pick. And then Poppy picked Seven. Because then like, director. because okay, director. And also like, would would just they be similar enough to be murder mystery? Is Serial that killer. enough? Yeah, is that enough? Yeah, 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 yeah. Fine. yeah, yeah okay, for cool. sure. And then yeah, I yeah. picked the Big Short because of Brad Pitt. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then it was the Revenant because of Best Picture nominees twenty fifteen. Oh, that's sure. cool. And then <laughs> <laughs> you too, then I picked Ca- uh, Calvary because of Domhnall Gleeson. Anyway, we've watched some amazing films, and The Chain. I recommend if you have a partner. And you can never decide what film to watch. Do the chain where That's you take cool. it in turns yeah. and your film has to be connected to the last film you watched. It's such good film. And even if not doing the chain thing, it just just taking it in turns just makes it easy to not have any debate about movie pick because it's your pick. Yep. Yeah, it's absolutely. my pick. So, yeah. so, That's so, true. So she... Although I do feel somewhat bad when uh, Poppy is like feeling in the mood for something like forgetting Sarah You're Marshall. Like, no, it's my and, and I'm like, actually, it's Schindler's List tonight. No, I mean, we, 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 are, we are quite good that one of us, we, we kind of will be like, if one of us is like, I'm really not in the mood for something proper, I want to watch something really lazy, I'll be like, we will either go, I'll either go, well, actually, I've got this one that I was thinking of picking sometime soon. I'll just, we'll pick it now for ease. Yes, yeah. Or, me and my girlfriend just, will be... Or just go like, this one doesn't count as a pick. Let's just fucking bang on, like, let's just bang on 21 Jump Street and like watch an easy film. Yeah. I don't know. Film I thought of because that was what we watched recently. We'll just we were doing like, because good. we were doing all of Channing Tatum films. Amazing. <laughs> we'll just be like, um, should we watch a movie or should we just watch more Lost? That's the problem. We've got. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, that's the other thing like, we it's do. Way it's, more. Shall we watch a movie or shall we watch Goggle? Yeah, we recently have just. <laughs> we have recently been absolutely fucking burning. For Lost is Goggle Box. Hannah's never seen It's Always Sunny, and we have been getting through that like nobody's yes. business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. So uh, anyway. Twilight films are really fucking weird. Um, I am. Um, I. Uh, it's so weird, guys. Have you watched them? No, I've, I've seen, seen the, the first, first one, and that's it. I am. Yeah. Um, I imagined like a, a Harry Potter level, like yeah. of like of like world building, world lore. building, and lore, and lots of characters and factions yeah. and teams. It is people talking in the woods and the same two houses. <laughs> Lucas, save this. For our Patreon subscription podcast, when I'm movies, and and and, and then when there is like fight scenes, it is just people Please. fighting in forest. There's they were so they must have been so fucking cheap to make. 
and they yeah. and they re- and they released five. You think the Twilight movies were cheap? I, you think they weren't putting hundreds of millions? I of think dollars relative. To, I think compared to like a Marvel film or something. Or, no, or Harry all of the money, all of the Lucas, millions. all of the money will be going into one CGI. No, two, CGI the actors, Steve, the CGI. Oh hey, yeah, Steve. By by, like film five, Robert Patterson is commanding yeah, fine, so much yeah. money. But but Steve, the CGI A looks shit. I don't care. It and, costs millions. And B and B, there's not that much CGI apart from the oh, there wolves. There is though. The wolves. What about the baby? I've seen the baby. The baby looks yeah. fucking weird. The baby the woods, and the, the wolves. The woods won't be real. There's 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 not much CGI when you compare it to any of its kind of contemporaries like your Harry Potters or something like that. Disagree. I bet it it's is, all done it on is, the green screen. In terms of scale, it is. It's not. It's just shot in the same fucking woods in somewhere in like Washington. Honestly, they are now. But to get but have to mention. Friend of the podcast, Michael Sheen, is in them. Hi, Michael. He's hamming hey. it up. He's hamming it up. He's dressed like someone from My Chemical Romance when they're in the Black yep. Parade. He <laughs> yep. looks like an absolute Burke. It's one of his glam rock movies. It's yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's I just m- want to say hi to Michael because he spent two and a half hours on this podcast talking about Mandatory Preachers and he's definitely listening to yeah. the new season. Yeah. Uh, hi, Michael. <laughs> he uh, is not in them enough. I expected more Michael Sheen. I was- Michael Sheen is not in anything enough. That's true. Discuss. He wasn't in our podcast enough that we had an episode on and you should listen to that episode. Yes, no, that's what you were trying to do, wasn't it? Because it would have been better if he had been a co-host of the whole season, I think. Oh, that would have been good. I think he I think he had more to say on the Manics than he said on our Agreed. podcast. Let's get him on again then. Yeah. Let's get him on again. Let's get him on again. Uh, just, just neutral star, just to quickly go. Uh, uh, li- Don't care. Live, Next. played 10 times ever and never been played since. Why and who cares? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> what happened next, Lucas? Come on. What happened next? I mean, uh, they probably toured. That's what they tend to do, right? Uh, uh, so what I've got Lucas, here... Lucas, you're honest, asking us. You tell me, mate. So what I've got here is they toured. So yeah. uh, they... Uh, album comes out, they do all that shit. Fine. Um... The first set of gigs they basically do is they support U2 at a bunch of US stadiums, sense. which is quite funny to think of Muse supporting anyone because at this point they're filling stadiums themselves. I mean, I know U2 are massive, but like they could sell out that stadium as well. U2 are like intimidatingly massive though. Like, yeah, fair play, Muse could sell out a stadium. U2 will sell it out three nights in a row. I mean, Muse literally do exactly that as well but you do but, exactly but the, that, but the main difference is this was in the states where muse at this point could not sell out a stadium they could do an arena they couldn't do a stadium but they're supporting u2 in stadiums cool good for them yeah that's true i think in the U- I think in the uk they wouldn't need to do that right they just do their own stadium shows and they could do a three nights or whatever but in the states they're not quite there. They do a uk uh european like they do the standard tour like the the nice. gig, you know, the arena tour. Uh, this is the one that I think there's a good chance we'll probably do a little little episode of because there's a pro shot of them doing sure. one. So this is where the stage show, they've got the three towers. Do you, I don't know if you remember this, Adam. Did you go? To, I guess you wouldn't have gone to this tour. I wouldn't have gone to it, but I remember it being almost like um, it was technology that was uh, kind of unproven. And then I remember it seeing seeing that same technology when I went to see Watch the Throne. The Kanye Jay Z collaboration. What was unproven used... about the technology? What some towers? Yeah, the towers that moved up and down. Is that unproven? 
It was at the time. It was pretty revolutionary. So, okay, Lucas, maybe not, but fucking Muse. I, I remember seeing Muse do it before Watch the Throne. Yeah, it's probably cool. Uh, and this one had the stage had no backdrop, so they could sell seats behind them. An interesting marketing yeah. money, which is move. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not uh, like, oh, guys, I don't know if you noticed this, but the stage actually enables us to sell seats behind the stage. Oh, it's what? not like they're playing in the well, round. We may <laughs> as well, if it's well. I mean, if they, you know, if you yeah. can see us, you might as well sell. The I can't imagine <laughs> the people at the at the back are having the best time because it's not like in the round where they kind of make a point of trying to move around and go all over the place. I still feel like there it was most. It was a forward facing gig. There was just no backdrop blocking people from sitting behind them. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. I mean, REM did a similar thing. When they reached the peak of their popularity, they like they had to sell the seats behind the stage. Yeah. So they had to work out technology where they would be able to see them and still project things. Maybe we'll do that on season one. What? <laughs> season one, the REM season. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, they what? go and do. This always seems. What? To be, this always seems to be the trend. Is <laughs> that it's yeah. always they do their UK tour and then at the start of the year. So it's in this case 2010. They always fucking do the big day out tour in Australia. <laughs> they always have a fucking big day out. Muse's big day out. They just got a big day out. always getting ice cream, feeding the ducks. <laughs> it's always have a big day out. Steve. It's always then go to the states and do the big day out and then go to Asia. But in this case, they're headlining Big Day Out. So at this point, they're headlining Big Day, the Big Day Out. They do some. They then start doing US arenas. This is like the first time where like the US is getting the exact same level of show as the UK. They've got the full arena show. They're packing out the arenas. They're it's there. They're there. They're doing it. Yeah, amazing. They're doing it, boys. Uh, <laughs> summer 2010, they headline Glastonbury for the second time. Oh. I am in attendance. Oh, that's what's that most on the wiki? people about that gig. Yeah, is that on the Wikipedia? Yeah. Someone needs to put on Muse Wiki that Lucas Way was in attendance. Yeah, Lucas I was from in attendance. What Is Music podcast was there. Um, I probably rate it at the bottom of the Muse gigs I've been to. Um, I mean, their festival gigs it, are fine, right? It was one that had there was no, there was there was, there was nothing special about this one. There was nothing that made it kind of like yeah which kind out. of plays into my point that muse are not the greatest live act in uh, the, the world I mean, the, they just have a good stage show. the big thing about the the, the glastonbury one was they did the thing with the edge came on and played where the streets have the name with them i love that he is called the edge <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah the, the edge came on and did where the streets have no name with them uh, but that did nothing for me really i was like well you could fit this spot with like a better song I really wish I'd seen you two at Glastonbury. I avoided them out of principle and instead did nothing. And I really wish I'd seen them now. Yeah, I walked through their set trying to find my tent in the rain. I was like, oh no, I went the wrong way. I've got to walk past you two. Oh, they were doing an Achtung Baby uh, set and apparently it was great. Achtung Baby. Um, uh, Matt Bellamy starts dating Kate Hudson. Yes, Hollywood. Now this is a this, huge deal. So this is Matt becoming Hollywood Matt. Yeah, Kate Hudson. Uh, I mean, I know her from Almost Famous and Sahara. I think that's all I can think of off the top of my head. But I think she's been in sort of uh, bigger, uh, bigger movies than that. I don't really know her from really much of anything. You must have seen Almost Famous. I've not seen Almost Famous. 
I, well, I, you need to sort I, that. I know out I've seen her in some things, but I can't really think of what. Um, Sahara, almost famous. I mean, she's not really a list, is she? She's like I'm not convinced she's in Sahara either. I'm sat here going, like, like, oh yeah, she's, she's in not. Sahara. She's not a list, is she? she? She's like she's like she's famous, but she's not a, a fucking a lister. Um, well, let's not let's not do down. Um, I know, Kate Hudson. I've seen How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. She's in that. Saw that one. There you go. Uh, is she in that with she, with Matthew McConaughey? She's in Kung Fu Panda Three. I've seen that. <laughs> okay, is she in it or does she do a voice? She or is she like a weird live action <laughs> addition to that movie? She, she does a voice. <laughs> I've not seen it. Um, yeah, so yeah, Matt, Matt 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 Bellamy starts dating Kate Hudson in mid 2010. They're engaged by April 2011. So Matt's gone. Full. Do they have a child together? Am I misremembering? Yeah, that? Yeah, well, yeah. We obviously not yet, but we'll uh, get to that at a later date. But sure. yes, they do. Um, so this is like Matt. Yeah, he's like Hollywood Matt. Um, the yeah. So that was summer. They yeah, uh, do Glastonbury. Uh, late summer, they do more. They do Wembley again. It's not as big. Really? A, it's not as big a deal this time. But like, it's it, not it, the it, first band. It's not the first time they've done it. I guess it's lost it's, its luster somewhat. It's but it's still you know it's good for them. They do two nights at Wembley again, and they do the full thing. It, you know, it's just as big. I mean, the show's even more fucking mental. It's annoying. There's no pro shot of that, and there's bootlegs. But yeah. Uh, well, hey man, I'll watch a bootleg because the show for that one was pretty fucking mad in terms I'll of like watch a fucking show. bootleg I this don't is know where, about you Steve. this is where Matt really if it's starts... on YouTube I'll watch, I'll watch a fucking, fucking bootleg Matt will really... watch a fucking, fucking bootleg mate Matt really starts getting into like he's got a fucking suit with LEDs on it he's starting to he's... really go into Look, that mode if you can bring me a bootlegged suit I'll wear it and watch it what does that even mean um, what, what did you just say? <laughs> what did look, you just say? Let's just if we can bring on. you a bootleg suit and watch look, it. Bring me a bootleg suit, and I'll watch and just watch, or wear you'll it. Just watch that. Uh, it's kind Your of te- boot kind of suit. testament to their growing size. It's not just like two nights at Wembley. It's two nights at Wembley, and they do Old Trafford, and they do a bunch in Europe as well. So they can oh, they can fill okay. more stadiums. Like they're doing a bunch sort of thing. It's like a little mini tour yeah. of stadiums. Gotcha. Um, it was great. I went. It was great. Uh, they go back to the US and do more arenas. They play the Grammys. That's something. This is a two. What do they play? It? It's a two part. They they it's a two part. What do you yeah. think? What, they play? what do you think they play <laughs> at the Grammys? Uprising. They play Uprising, obviously. But was that not the kind of era where they were doing like quirky duets? Did they play it on their own? Or did they play it with someone else? They just played it on their own. They just did Uprising. Okay, well, fuck me. Yeah. Um. They they support you two again. In 2011, nice. but this Why time, in, this time in South America stadium gigs. Yeah, sure. I'd love to support you too. You too, if you are listening, I would like to support you on your next stadium tour. Okay, I feel like your music really suits stadiums as well. It does. It's yeah. a real stadium um, filler. The uh, they uh, is this interesting? <laughs> I think this might be interesting. In May 2011, they they play for the first time. They do some stadiums in Russia and the Ukraine. Is that rare? Sure. Do bands not what play year, Russian? Sorry, what year did you say this 20, was? 2011. Fucking hell, we're racing forwards into the future. Well, yeah, because they're just it's them touring. Well, bear in mind, the album came out late 2009. That's true, that's true. And then, like, 2010, they did a lot of touring. They did Glastonbury, they did the stadiums. And then, yeah, now we're into 2011, and they do Russia and Ukraine stadiums. And they, the last thing they do oh. of the sort of Resistance oh. era is nothing to do with the Resistance. Oh. Whoa as you would expect for the last tour of the Resistance era, 
They play Reading in 2011 and play all of Origin is Symmetry. Nice. Oh, that's cool. So that would have been the 10th anniversary, right? Which is mad to think that that's the 10th anniversary because Origin is Symmetry feels yeah. a thousand years ago. Uh, and yet there's only 10 years between Origin is Symmetry and that gig. And that gig feels recent. But fuck me, that gig is now 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've just aged dramatically. Um, I mean, yeah. Steve, you were there, right? I was there. Yep. Uh, yeah, they played all of Origin of Symmetry and like they did had like a stage show like set up to look like the, the pylons Ooh, and everything. Yeah, it was all like built around Origin of Symmetry. They played it cool. top to bottom and then they did like the greatest hits afterwards, right? Yeah. Like, Amazing. Cool. And that's like the end of the resistance bit. Shit. Guys, they just tore. I mean, guess what? I mean, that's the same thing. That, we did it in only one episode. The thing with every yeah. single one of these episodes is what do they do after? Well, they do various tours three. and gigs and some of them are big and some of them are medium and then they do the... We did it and we did it in one episode. And that's yeah, great. part three. Amazing. Amazing. Lucas, was there any kind of merch? Um, I do actually have one. Time? I haven't grabbed it. One second. Okay, he's just going to get up. And me and Steve have to vamp while he gets the thing. Let's Steve, do some bits. What's your favourite kind of dog, Steve? What? A beagle. Oh my god, I a love lovely little square beagles. Face. Little square. They, what are you talking about? Right, guys. Lucas is back. Right, oh. guys. What? Here we go. Right, just to kick it off. Yes, with, and just to kick it off with, like <laughs> you know, let's let's start off big. POV it's the CD of I'm the resistance. I'm looking at Lucas oh, for fuck's pulling sake. out stuff. It's the fucking CD. Of it's the, the CD of the resistance. Yeah, Lucas has no idea what. Merch right, the is. second one oh, is no, there's another CD. It's the CD. So. This is the last physical oh. Muse single I own. Which is the single to Uprising. Okay, well, at least the future merch corners will be shorter. B-side. It'll just be the CD. B-side, Uprising, Does It Offend You? Yeah, remix. Oh, okay. Uh, it does offend me. And then the, yeah. and it sounded like I was interested. And then this is the, I really tried to. This is the album that something. then, this the album then starts the trend of every album has a, a, every album has a expensive box set version you can buy that Lucas okay. will buy. So this sure. is the Resistance box set. It's plain black and it says Muse on the front. It's embossed. It's embossed. This is for the... Okay, what's in it? Let's go in this. I hope there's some kind of tour lanyard. Ooh, CDs. Or oh, CDs. CDs that were cracked and you had to send them back to the store. But they said that you couldn't get them because they'd run out and so they gave you store credit and then you tried to order some vinyl but they said you couldn't use that store credit for vinyl so you ordered th- three t-shirts in your size and they sent you the same three t-shirts cheers reminded me of the tour lanyard that i just grabbed and realized oh, and realized we're one album too early okay we'll put so that, that back can, then so that can brilliant <laughs> Right, good merchandise right. corner. No, I haven't done the Some box set yet. Right, so podcast. in the Very resistance so box set, you have mm. the resistance on. on that's CD. expected. On that is not a surprise. Vinyl is the vinyl okay. a fun color? No, it's no. Black. Good, yeah. Black. You've got more vinyl because it takes oh. up because it is takes that up on a, a fun few. color. No, it's got a different font cover. No, that's quite a cool no. font cover. I quite like that. Font that's cover. cool. Yeah, that's, cool that's cool. Cover. That's a little bit of alternate artwork. You've got a little. You've got a little. Little bit of artwork there, and a bit of a lithograph, lithograph, as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the the CD and CD. DVD version <gasps> of the album, which is in five one. The DVD is in five one. The DVD of it is in five one. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes, fantastic, great. And then also the album on a a little USB stick. Yeah, because of the stuff. Why from episode one of this little USB stick there? 
two, Why? two gigabytes this if I wanted to reformat and use it again later. Uh, and on it is like all the lossless versions. It's got like a flack. It's got a, it's got an Apple lossless one. I think the 5.1 version is on this as well. Right. Uh, it's a little USB stick that says Muse on it. That's it. Yeah. Is that it for the merch corner? Yep. So, guys, all of that, that over the last three episodes, I think it will be at this point, uh, all of that that we talked about and we heard and discussed, was that what you would consider to be music? Yes. It Lucas? was. I think it was silly music. Great okay. music, some mediocre music, no bad music, apart from Neutron well, Star Collision. Well, yeah, Neutron Star Collision, <laughs> yeah. we did cover that. Bad music. Uh, I, think, I also think it was music. So we're all on, uh, we're all in agreement on that. We will um, add that to the spreadsheet. Agreeance, of famously not a word. is music. We're all in agreeance. I think agreeance is a music. Um, what? Yeah. Agreeance is a music. Okay. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay. I think. I think love is forever. I think I love, think is, love our is our resistance. And if we die, we die together. Hmm. And I think that my heart is split, we'll go on. Is split like Rio. <laughs> It's unbelievable, Steve. We're also kind of weird wavelength. <laughs> um, guys, have we got time for an email really quickly? Oh, is that okay? Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely We've yeah. always got time for an email yeah. from Stuart Rushforth. Okay. Always. Who is Stu, said, Big Stu. That's what we always say on this podcast. We've always got room for this guy. Yeah, we've always got room for Stuart Rushforth. That's that. Print He's up my t-shirt. Rushforth. Print up the T-shirt. We've always got room for Stuart Rushforth. <laughs> my girlfriend has just messaged me saying... <laughs> No, you do not have time for an email. Because <laughs> I said we'd be finished about an hour ago. Right, here we go. <laughs> right. Stuart Rushforth says, Hey guys, really, really, really enjoying the shows. Glad I'm not the only one that has a spreadsheet and it's been really great to listen to. So there we go. Lucas, a little spreadsheet friend for you to uh, Spreadsheet get friends. With. Oh, After listening to the recent episode on fans and devotion, which is the one we did with Emily, I wanted to get your take on something. Would love to hear your lovely big mates discuss this one. What's the deal with some fans delving in what I consider, this is him, too deep into Muse's personal life? For instance, posting pictures of their children, reposting personal photos and counting down when they're due to have babies and stuff like that. Is that a bit much or am I a misery guts? I am a hyper Muse fan, but I love them for their music and as three musicians and have done and at excuse me and have done since two thousand. But being interested in their partners, children, personal life seems a bit much for me. Um also Love Lucas's tattoo and Origin of Symmetry was the album that inspired and shaped my younger years. So I had to get the same thing done. He has sent a picture of what looks like his torso, but it might be his arm. But he has a, he has a, a mad tattoo of the homage, uh, the Origin of Symmetry artwork. And then he says, cheer guys. 
always looking forward to the next episode Stuart Rushworth what do you guys reckon what do you guys reckon of that sort of portion of the fan base that is like oh you know when is Matt expecting a baby that sort of stuff who is Matt dating as a parent and I hate that I can actually say that um that if those if those parents have decided to share a picture of their child online then they should expect that it's going to get shared around and personally I don't see as long as those people have put that photo out there then they know people will screenshot that and share it on other social media so as much as I don't care about like that's very true celebrities what you have to bear in mind is when you're a celebrity they aren't necessarily photos that you are yourself putting out there they're paparazzi photos okay right? well uh, yeah yeah that's fair. a different I mean, thing I mean, personally i'm talking about the ones that matt bellamy or his partner will post of their daughter and i'll mm. see that same photo then posted again on another fan account that's what i'm talking about the paparazzi so if I re- stuff if is I, insane if and i, I don't screenshot a picture of you and your kid and posted it would you not be like Weird. But these people are in the public eye. So, so you, mate, make you've got a really successful podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the the difference that I do is I will post a, uh, a story uh, on a private Instagram account of me and my child, Steve, and it will. Steve, I'm going to tell you right now that I'm going to screenshot that and. But I uh, won't post, post it, it as a permanent photo. Whereas those. Well, I'm going to post it on the What there. Is Music Pod. Paparazzi is a whole so. other different uh, thing that I don't have really any opinion on apart from the fact that oh it's, i've got it's, a it's very incredibly strong opinion aggressive on them. And, yeah uh intrusive and so i yeah, do have an opinion stuff. and fuck that whole thing i i regardless of whether yeah i mean steve's probably right in the if you're in the public eye and you post a picture on your social media for right whether it's right or wrong i mean it probably in, a, in, a, in an ideal world they should be able to do that and not have 20 fan accounts reshare it but that is the world we live in so they should expect it having said that i don't see the appeal and i have no fucking idea why people give a shit yeah i don't care i don't care it's it's the same reason like i don't understand like shipping it's just a it's just a part of fandom and things like that that i just don't really why uh, what i don't I don't care. I do find that thing kind of irresistible, though, and I think it might be the time that we live in. But I do find, I do find that I'm interested by that stuff. When I say, um, how do I put this? When, um, if I post a photo of me and my child on a story that will disappear or whatever, I know that people can screenshot it, whatever. That, and I will, because, and I will post it to our podcast yeah, account. Is is because I'm so proud. So I I don't have a problem with those people posting it. Um, because when I said I don't care when I see other people posting about their children, fine. Because I know that people don't care if I'm posting about my child. I'm sure. saying I'm proud, and that's what they're doing. But yeah, they will they will know that they're putting that out there. It's going to get shared. That's the difference, isn't it? But I, the paparazzi stuff is entirely different. I just don't get the. I mean, I mean, okay, I, I Some, well, clearly people love it. I follow people love. I to see follow all of the Muse Boys on Instagram, the and Muse I follow and I follow Elle Edwards actually, Matt's wife. Sure, but why do I follow his wife? I guess mostly because there's that chance that she'll post something that I do find yeah, interesting. Because yeah. most of the time, I don't give a shit that she's, but that she's standing somewhere beautiful that I can't afford. 
like looking beautiful, looking beautiful and standing on a beach. It's that provocative, interesting look into into some mad, like super rich celebrities. You want to see into their lives a bit, don't you? There's 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 also another aspect to it, which I think is this new thing that has occurred, which is known as the parasocial relationship, which is people who are very into artists and uh, people who share stuff about themselves kind of feel like they're almost friends of that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know what I mean? And and so they feel that be, because, especially with music, and we've seen it with podcasting a little bit, there is that kind of one-way relationship where people think they know you yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, very we, well we, because of what you've chosen to give out via your music or well, via we, your podcast. Yeah, we, we have done. experienced that in the smallest sliver of a sense compared oh, to absolutely. these people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes people will tweet jokes about us that are where we will kind of go, oh, that's a bit personal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But then, and so it's but that then, kind of parasocial thing because it's, yeah. it's nothing, no fault on their sort of yeah because they've listened to hundreds of hours of us talking so but they know us far better than we know them yeah (laughs) do you know what i mean oh yeah yeah apart from that one listener apart from that one (laughs) listener who knows us very no i more mean that we know they don't realize it but we know them a lot better than they they oh yeah oh that listener they've only had 30 seconds but we know them so we which will be why which will be weird if we do if we do which reminds me you guys owe me for the for the the detective this month that you haven't wired me yet for like, that's cool that's oh yeah cool. just no, remind me that you yeah. and we need to buy him a new lens as well so which is why it, really? it what be did he really... do to the lens oh he yeah. broke it he was up a tree or something I don't know he broke okay. it <laughs> it'd be very strange if we if we meet up in a pub before the Manix gig or whatever and we say come say hi that'll be very strange for us for the yes, very reason it's that, like, oh, because... I know you from Twitter. That's like our response. And their response will be, I've oh, heard I, you I for know 200 you because I've heard hours. One... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know you from the last year and a half of my life. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but I just like on a personal, like I don't care about that sort of thing. So I do find it a bit odd. Like the same reason I don't watch the Kardashians. Yeah, I don't Love read. I don't read Hello we magazine. We should get onto that on now, a separate Now, granted, now, granted. Episode. Don't get me wrong. Hannah watches Kardashians, and when I'm in the room oh, and I so catch good. it, I find myself getting sucked in. But Kim, people are dying. But I would never care to watch it or like be annoyed that I've missed a bit. But I will find myself in the room and I've realised I've been like sure. half paying attention to three straight episodes, yeah. and I've got views. Well, well, it's very well made. That's the thing. It's, it's designed to suck you in. And also, I like the Kardashians because it gives me that extra little window into Kanye's life. Uh, but anyway, look, uh, that was a very interesting discussion. And I think that brings us to the end of another oh, episode. Can I not keep making my point? Absolutely not. Um, Thank you very much for listening. Uh, it is your turn to talk. Come and find us on our social media. Let us know what you think of you know the resistance in general now that we've done three episodes on it uh let us know what you think of the episodes uh let us know what you think of anything that we've talked about uh over the last three weeks we love hearing from you all uh we genuinely do we've just been talking about parasocial relationships but we genuinely do value the relationships we have with you guys apart on Twitter, from that one Instagram. listener yeah apart from that one listener and TikTok. Oh my God. Uh, you can find us on 
Twitter, which is at what is music pod. You can find us on Instagram at what is music pod. You can find us on TikTok even. Imagine. Don't do Imagine don't finding us on TikTok. Don't, don't follow us on TikTok. At what is music. And if you'd like to send in something a little bit longer and maybe, you know, we'll probably read it out on the show and respond to it in the same way that we did the email we've just responded to, you can email us what is music pod at gmail.com. Um, you never, we you never plug have... the Reddit. The one bit that I'm in charge of, and you don't plug it. Well, no one's. Well, it's an account. Little... No, you can mess- yeah, yeah, no, message. Yeah, message me. Just message about. me on Reddit. Just like... okay. Message Lucas on Reddit. Message Lucas me on wants Reddit. personal messages. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we also have a couple of ways that you can support us other than listening. If you'd it's like Lucas's to. personal number, I want to don't make these parasocial us... relationships social don't relationships. Get us wrong. <laughs> listening to the episodes is 100 percent supporting us. But if you'd like any other ways, there there are some ways uh, you can buy our merchandise yeah do pay us if you go to whatismusicpod.redbubble.com you'll find some really stupid designs and one cool one which and one's I think it? which one's a good one uh, pardon which it one's the good one if you'd like to chuck no Adam which one's the good one because you don't like the merchandise you can go to coffee.com which is ko-fi.com slash what is music all donations gratefully received and go towards our running costs and that about does it that was a lengthy recording session i'm at four hours 50 on our on my uh digital audio workstation so thank you lucas and steve for joining me thank you mm-hmm. listeners for joining us and i will leave you with just one piece of advice uh don't Disclose your desires, or your desires will disclose <laughs> you. Bye. Love us forever.